Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 28 of the Stock Talk with Josh and Nico. So once again, I'm your host, Josh Boji, joined to me today by my co-host, Nico. Criticos. Nico, how are you doing today? Pretty good. I'm happy because it's my birthday, but I'm sad because I'm sick. So somewhere in the middle. Okay. Oh, my God. We, we got to all sing happy birthday to you. Say happy oh, no, please birthday, birthday please to you. you. Happy okay. Birthday That's good. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Well, happy birthday, Nico. How old are you, Tony? Today I'm 23. 33. The age of Michael Jordan. <laughs> okay, and LeBron James. But but that. mostly Michael Jordan. And Anthony Davis and a lot of other people <laughs> that were the number 23 as well. But today for episode 28, Nico, we are joined today by our guest and friend of the show. Friend of the show, can you introduce yourself to the audience? I'm Austin. Austin, how you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Good, good, good. So, Austin, this is our first time meeting you. It is. Yeah, so we kind of want to know a little bit more backstory of But it who feels you like are. we've known each other for a long time, <laughs> does it not? Yeah. Yes, you it's know, a I feel reunion Yeah, I kind of feel like we like maybe in a, like in another life maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh we knew each other like best friends. <laughs> besides that, also, can you let the people know a little bit more about yourself before we start getting started? Oh, what do you want to know, man? <clears throat> what actually got you into the stock market? Let's just say that. Uh just kind of general interest, I guess. I mean, you see you just you see it a lot. It's the narrative of invest your money, and I guess really when I started to understand what inflation was, and I and I didn't enjoy it, <laughs> and I like my money becoming worth less than what it was simply for sitting, uh-huh. uh, I started to take a little more of an interest in it. But it was more of trading that got me into it than anything else. Okay, and do you still trade as well? Not as much as I would like, but still <laughs> some. Uh, okay, well, what was like one company that you tr- to trade that was probably the most successful for you? Ooh. Cassava Science is from a dollar ninety to one hundred thirty-seven dollars a share. What? Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, what's what's I, I've heard of that company. What's Cassava? S A V A. Really I've remarkable, to be honest. It's getting beaten to death with everything else, but essentially they are the, they could be first to market for any kind of treatment for Alzheimer's, which is a multi-billion-dollar industry and has absolutely nothing, right? So, like, if they if they did break through, it's immediately two hundred dollars stock immediately. Hmm. It's just a matter of if and when, so it's all speculative. Right. So, well, we probably what you did in the past, but what are you doing today now, like on your daily basis of life? Um, just working, man. Trying to trying to keep it all going. I run a couple of businesses in uh, different spaces. Uh, one in finance, stocks, and that that area. One in uh, healthcare, addiction treatment, and then the other in digital marketing. So, just kind of the day to day management, I guess. Yeah, so I also see here, you gave us a TikTok. So me personally, I'm not a TikToker, but Nico is a huge TikToker. I love TikTok. He oh, loves yeah. it. I've been, I'm kind of like the old man. I'm not going to download this app. But um, <laughs> you have a TikTok, and it's called at stocks.official. Can you let the people know a little bit more what what kind of videos and things you post on there? Uh, it's changed lately. So I used to just only do, you know, stocks, screeners, stuff like that. Just like the whole idea is, right, just put information that's valuable that will actually help you in some way. Um, you find a little bit of comedy, a little bit of stock stuff. It's uh, it's all pretty good information. I mean, the goal is for it always to be of value. So if you go there and you're looking for just quick, actionable information on stocks, either watch, trade, what have you, uh, you'll find it. And how long have you been doing that? Did you were you uh, kind of like early on with the TikTok? No, or did you just no, like I got into it like a year ago. Okay, it's cool, but it's also the worst. <clears throat> It's just a terrible algorithm, man. Like it just it. I like it. It's brutal. It's good. It's so brutal. It helps it helps people grow if they don't have a lot oh, of followers. Oh, best platform you can ever be on in terms yeah. of like free organic growth, and you got maybe six months left before it turns over. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. And they pushed ads like everyone else did. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So ads. So do you like pay for ads or anything or? I'm a, no, I'm a big organic guy. I okay. I'm a big believer in just organic reach. I, I love it. I mean, you, you do the right by the people. They're going to push what you need them to push and incentivize them to do it. So I, I, I try to do that as much as possible because I don't want my entire entirety of my business health to be dependent upon the ad spend, which is good. I think mm-hmm. I look at ads as a supplementary thing, right? It's like the business is doing well. You put ads on top of what's doing well to build. Mm-hmm. That's the way I treat it, at least. Nice, nice. That's a, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, so while we have actually two TikTokers here with me, <laughs> I, I want to say, like, say if I have anything, like maybe I want to, you know, start a business like on TikTok, videos around, I don't know, how to tie a tie or anything. Mm-hmm. What's some, like, early stuff you can, like, give any advice to someone who's just starting on how to navigate TikTok? Just post every day, man. Yeah. And talk like like that's the whole thing is like with with streaming. What I've had to learn the hard way is like, like right now I'm talking to you, right? Yeah. People preach. Don't get on a soapbox. Like mm-hmm. you're not. This isn't the congregation waiting to hear the good word. You know what I mean? Like just talk to one on one. That's like one of the best pieces of advice I ever heard in terms of like streaming, create video content. It's just engage in a one on one relationship with who's watching your video. Make it intimate, make mm-hmm. it vulnerable, like make it understandable, relatable, and then people are going to watch it because they know it's genuine, it's truthful, it's authentic. Mm-hmm. And if you have that, then I think that you're in a good position to like really reach people, mm-hmm. especially in the audience you want. Um, I think me and Nico also do this with the podcast. You know, we try to like, um, so like when Austin first came here, I told we try to keep this as a conversation. Yeah, like yeah. try and make it as comfortable as for anyone that's as a guest, if even for me and Nico as the host. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a good advice too, but um. Besides that, let's keep on going, Nico. I want to ask you, um, how's um, the past week been going through? I heard you kind of been in, got options into a company. What company is that? Uh, oh, options for uh, the options I bought were for uh, put options on Cleveland Cliffs, and my main uh, strategy going into this was that Cleveland Cliffs for the past five years has traded around seven dollars, eight dollars, nine dollars a share for years on end. And now that the a lot of commodities are inflated, steel is through the roof, and so now this stock is over thirty dollars a share. And it was just rec- I think a little bit over a year ago it was trading as low as like fifteen or seventeen dollars. So I think it's going to come down in the next couple months, and I think my uh, put option expires for July fifteenth, I believe. So yeah, I, I can I, I think this is gonna it's gonna go from thirty dollars to somewhere around nineteen or twenty. Oh, is that going to be your uh, next um, Tesla? <laughs> I don't it know. It might be. That's oh, a bold so, prediction. So. Down to what you said now? Nineteen. Whoo! I we, don't. I don't. I don't think we it'll do be a hard. lot of produ- predictions here. I, I don't think it'll be hard because it was. It, it traded at seven to nine dollars for years. No, it, I agree with you. And the other, the other thing bold. too is with with stocks like that where it's where it's based off of, co- of a commodity like that. The commodities fluctuate so much. Like it happens really fast where you have a small phase where it's 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 flying high and it's hot and then bam, it drops and things flip quick. So that's why I don't think it's going to last too long at this $30 range. And explain real quick for the audience what exactly Cleveland Cliffs. Cleveland Cliffs is one of the biggest uh, steel producers and uh, they recently bought out ArcelorMittal which has a facility right down the street from us in East Chicago. And so Cleveland Cliffs is a huge, you know, they're worth tens of billions of dollars. So, And I might be wrong, but, it, like, isn't, like, still, like, around the summertime trade at, like, the most highest, too, kind of? I don't know about that. Um, if you look at the five-year chart, it, 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 it pretty much flatlined for a couple of years, and then the past two years or so it, it spiked up. It, it, you know, more than 4 x So 
Yeah. You know. You're right. I mean, I'm I I I agree with the opinion that it's coming down. Okay, hundred percent. Bearish engulfing. Look at that. That's the weekly. Yeah. That looks devastating. And That's, I pretty much bought it right before that decline. I bought my puts at thirty two dollars a share. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, I would be – well, you'll make money on those puts no matter what, as long as you don't get burned on the uh, – And the other thing, too, is it's very hard to find stocks in the market right now that have been doing successful, and that is one of the only yes. ones. Because there's – the, the pretty much the only companies that are doing good were the – like the Apple, the Google, the Microsoft. Those are holding up – The behemoths. Those are holding up decently. But everything else is pretty much the, – the, the tech stocks are down. Every The majority of stocks are down. So, you know, oil and – Stuff like the oil stocks and some of these steel stocks, those are some of the only ones that haven't fallen yet. So I think the money's going to reverse at some point, and yeah. Yeah, hopefully these stocks um, go up a little bit more because I think mm -hmm. Bitcoin, uh, cryptocurrency is going back up to where it was maybe six months ago-ish. Yeah. So that's, that's what I need because I've been down bad to the stock market, Nico. Mm -hmm. Down bad. I know. Tell me about it. Yeah, so hopefully that works well out for you, but – Everything else for me has been bad. Austin, how about you? You got any companies that's been been horrible for you? The Gustav Science one that was rough to watch because I didn't sell all of it. I, I I sold about a third, but to watch okay. it fall from grace, hundred forty bucks. Down well, what to like what percent? What percent gain was it though? Oh, a couple thousand. Okay, I made like fifty so, grand. It was good. Stuff. Okay, well that's that's a lot. That's but he 20. could have made more if you think. Yeah, it's, it's still, not about the making more. It's just the brutality of watching it, the fall from grace. You know, I mean, I mean? yeah, that's why if you do it in pieces, you got to just yeah. be grateful for the exactly. You know, the but seeing the red like kills you. Yeah, like, it's like, okay. Oh. But how you said you also you, you're not going to regret it if you hold a if let's say you hold a third of it and then it goes yeah. back up to 200 or something or they yeah, they yeah. had that breakthrough you won't regret it then. I think it's all about determining what your like time horizon is. Yeah, and everything's relative to that. He's like my my strategies changed quite a bit. Like I used to be active daily trading all day every day. I would trade all day every day. Mm -hmm. It's a different game then. It's like I just want to come up. I just want to come out green on the week. It was like always on a weekly basis. Bad day, don't care. Good day, don't care. Mm -hmm. How'd the week shake out? Now it's more of I look at it on, I guess, more quarterly, mm -hmm. I guess, than anything else is because like I'm trying to think five to ten year time horizon, especially with crypto. Like that's where I've moved a lot of my yeah. assets to. This challenge, actually, I did. You'd actually probably be interested in five, 5K to 130K. Crypto only. Really? Yeah. Wow. It, it, I don't know. Crypto blows my mind every day. The more I learn about it and the more I see it just being leveraged in different elements of business, it's, mm -hmm. it's astounding to see what those markets are capable of. Well, are you are, are you more bullish on, on Bitcoin or Ethereum? Both. Both? Yeah, they'll both, they're, they'll both. Like Ethereum will be at 10K. Now, mm -hmm. I can't tell you when because no one knows. Anybody who says is ignorant or speculating beyond their measure, but yeah. it will. Um, especially with Ethereum 2.0 rollout. Like, but again, when? Who? who no, it could take years. Man, yeah. Nobody knows. But at the end of the day, it's just a matter of, like like I said, like what's your time horizon? With crypto, it's like I'm parking that money there, and I know damn well that that's going to beat any of your, like, you know, run of the mill, any of the indices, it's going to beat that. Like, it's it's hopefully going to beat the real estate market more than likely. Now mm -hmm. there are different avenues within the real estate market that are beneficial when you look at, like, depreciation. Now you can leverage them to get more debt, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at it purely from, like, return on investment standpoint, I think it's going to beat it out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just I have a lot of faith in it. And the community behind it is what's really sold me on Do it. Do you know, is there, other, is, is there, like, ETFs you can buy for crypto? Uh, they're, they're coming. I mean, there's the the... Was a grayscale Bitcoin trust, yeah, like, similar, right? And it's a, okay. they're, all, I guess, pegged to Bitcoin almost in a sense, which is like, unironically pegged to the not literally, but 
it's essentially pegged to the Dow. I mean, that's the, see, that's the weird thing with crypto is like it used to be counter to the markets, right? So like yeah, markets yeah. die, crypto runs, and it's like what you've seen actually now is like a symbiosis that's quite odd, and I don't enjoy it. Well, see, I thought about that recently. I'm, I keep you know going through my head saying, okay, is it – are there for, – for these markets, whether you're talking about stocks, crypto, real yeah. estate, do are they – like, like they'll say crypto is a hedge to stocks, but – if one asset is doing really well, then that means people are going to be making money, and that means that you would think other assets like Bitcoin or other crypto would also be doing well. But um, what's it called? I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Is, are they inversely related or are they directly related? Because what of, happens when they've all done well? I know. Simultaneously. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. It is scary. That's scary. And I mean, you look at the rate of inflation, like real cost inflation, they say 7%. It's more like, in my opinion, 21%. Why do you Give say or that? take. Your dollar is worth about 20% less than it used you to be. You think so? Yeah. Well, for some things, for like inflation, for, for oil, for gas and for buying cars and houses and stuff, yes. But not for everything, no. But I mean, those are the main, those are two giant If you look at like just price increases like across the board in everything, think about it. Everything is more expensive yeah. and it's about 20%, 15-20%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like some- on the whole. Some things haven't gone up. Like food, ha- that food hasn't gone up that much. Food has definitely gone okay, up. Food has definitely it's gone, gone up. It's gone, gone up. This guy must not be shopping. Food has I don't know up. if it's that much more expensive. I think no, it's like maybe gone up, man. five like, to absolutely. ten percent. Food so has gone up. Commodity pricing is 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 destroy. I mean, it's so, that's the rough part. Is like these companies coming up to, with for demand. Like so, I guess the conversation really like that I think is worth having like in terms of, like you're because you're a long-term investor right? yeah. that's you stick with that it's like how do you find value and how do you how do you find value that doesn't contend with labor shortage yeah. so like we can get to that aldi that's what that's one of my that's, oh okay yeah, yeah that's one of my, i think that one's gonna perform quite well aldi aldi yeah, really? but aldi's not public no i'm saying companies like aldi right yeah Okay. So you find companies like Aldi. Think about it. It's consumer defensive in a sense of like it's a budget spending place. Yes. Right? Yeah. You ever been in an Aldi? Yeah, I was there yesterday. They're not swarmed with employees, are they? Not at all. Exactly. Not at all. So like are they going to really truly suffer from a labor shortage? Not no, likely. probably not. Versus like your Walmarts, right? They're reliant on hundreds of employees per store. Yeah. What happens then? But I, but I don't think – but the unemployment is not a problem right now though. No, but, people don't want to work for dog – People oh, don't cuss. I know. People don't <laughs> um, want to work for terrible wage. You know what I mean? So like, yes. you need to find consumer defensive companies that are not going to have to deal with, I need 50 employees to work for this shitty wage. I, I agree with that. But at the same time, then, unemployment is is at like record lows right now. It's, pretty well, it's much not a- an unemployment issue. It's that people are, they're having to come to Jesus moment. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to work this terrible job that I hate when I want to die every day for these wages that aren't worth having. Yeah, but that's why the minimum wage is almost doubled at most of these places now. Yet they still can't staff them. Yeah. Interesting. Even at 15 or 20 an hour, a lot of them are still struggling. Interesting. Because there's so many ways. Like, what has been born out of this, like, excites me truly. Like, COVID was, you know, terrible, and, like, people lost their lives, and I don't think we should ever look past that. It's a terrible thing, right? Yeah. But – like in, I think it was in 2020. Don't quote me, so we might have to fact check this. But I believe more single-member LLCs or like solo entrepreneurs made a hundred thousand dollars a year, made six figures a year than ever before. Oh, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because like, if you can leverage a digitally scaling business, like you could do anything now. Like all mm-hmm. of my businesses are that way. Mm-hmm. All of them, mm-hmm. right? Built off of nothing, zero dollars. 
and that's become kind of like its own little like fetishized thing of like I just love doing it like it's a challenge it's it's hard like I want to do it with nothing mm-hmm. to something I don't want to spend money until I already have it right but I mean people have realized the opportunity and and like I mean you've seen the rise of the influencer which is like kind of sucks right it's kind of terrible it makes you not trust things and like people are shipping garbage products now like it's mm. everywhere like all of Amazon is just it's literally people buying from Alibaba yeah. Who understand SEO and metadata, rewriting a listing and mm-hmm. selling you the same garbage at a 15 times market. That's not business. You're a leech and you're destroying society, right? Those people <laughs> suck and they need to go elsewhere, uh-huh. not here. They but do- that's like what's popular out there. That's what's taught out there. And that's what's easy. That's an easy entry to get yeah. into. But does it offer anything to the world? No, not really. It's just a middleman who's upcharging people. You got to yeah. provide something, right? So, so it, I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like the pandemic pushed a lot of people away from working for other people and instead turned them into entrepreneurs. Yeah, right. Which is cool, but then it also kind of like that's the whole thing is you know gets into like you know running a business and like running a good business and like ethical, which that's a whole different conversation, mm-hmm. but. I think it's opened the world up for an opportunity that has never yet been seen, mm-hmm. which is exciting. But is. I think it's also like, you're, are you considered Gen Z? Are you guys considered Gen Z? Are we you, are. You are? Are we? Okay. So your guys' generation, like, most people won't admit this, but I have more hope and faith in you guys than, than pretty much any other generation. Hmm. I sense a kindness, a softness. Hmm. And, you, and it's common, not softness, like weak, like softness. And it's like, it's just different. You guys are just different. Like, I think my oldest kid is gen z technically he's like 10 he's 10 mm-hmm. i don't whatever he's close or right on the cutoff but like it's just different hmm. it's just different you guys also grew up with this like so did i i was like maybe 13 when the internet really became a thing mm-hmm. right so like but i had both you guys literally had in your hands since you were a little kid yeah which is like an, an i think it's an extremely beneficial it's like and then a whole different thing with parenting. Like you let them sit in front of all the time. But like if it's healthy boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. With anything. Like you don't just eat all day. Mm-hmm. You know? But anyway, so I think your generation can truly kind of finish what I what I believe people in my generation started, which is like a different way to look at this at the anti boomer, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right? Because like we had to enter the workforce into the boomer straight up boomer environment, which was not pleasant, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've been fired from every job I've ever had until I had my own company. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Literally. Every single one. Wow. My whole life until I was like 26. Hmm. And I started my own businesses. I've almost fired myself a few times. But luckily I haven't <laughs> lost my job mean? yet. I don't know. I've just thought about firing myself a few times. Like, man, I should just hire a CEO and do oh. it myself. Mm-hmm. But then I don't. But nevertheless, I mean, it's just a different – it's just a much less of a toxic culture around work. Like your work isn't everything. It's not who you are. It's like it's, a, it's an extension of who you are, and it could be a product of who you are. Yeah. But like it, and ask that question like that goes into religion, spirit, like who but am I? But I think, I? I, think, I think a lot of people get – it's almost like you're forced into having your job become a big part of your identity because yeah. – because you you have to work so many hours per week to to yep. make enough money. So it's like if you're spending the majority of your week, the majority of your time at a job, then that's 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 who you become. Yeah, that's right? your community. That's everything. Yeah. And look at these guys at Amazon. They're having to wear diapers. Like they just unionize. Yeah. You didn't hear what? about that? No. Yes, they had to wear York, diapers because yeah. they couldn't take breaks, man. Because Jeffy Boy was not allowing it. Yeah. What? Yeah, Jeffy was not allowing it, man. Wow. It's but- they just unionized. Them. I, I yeah, saw they were trying to do that um, out in New York. They yep. have Amazon's out now. There. They have like fifty yeah. different uh, warehouses that have communicated with the original guys that unionized with ACLU, which is awesome. That's good. Yeah. But now, how do people react? Because guess what unionization means? 
Hmm. It's not going to be as cheap. What's well, not going to be as cheap? Anything on Amazon. Very true. Yeah. Amazon's going to have to cut their margins, right? Does, does that affect the, those employees' pay? Yeah, they'll get paid more. They'll they're get gonna, better get wage, more. more than likely. They'll get better wage. They'll get offered better. But that's the idea, right? Uh-huh. And now this goes in all thing. Like, as long as they have, like, a, a union representative that truly has their best interests at heart, right? So let's get into politics, all that shit. But let's just assume you have a great guy, great woman, whatever you want to call him, that's in charge of the union, that's representing the people and negotiates on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Ideally, better pay, better benefits packages, more reasonable time off, paid leave, stuff like that. Just yeah. human things that, like, everyone should have. Right, you right. You shouldn't have to fight for it. That's what makes us kind of sad. But yeah. here we are. Um, but uh-huh. it will raise the cost of goods to Amazon. So now, here's the whole thing. Either Amazon cuts their margins. You think Jeffy's going to do that? Or he no, raises, no, 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 no. raises or the consumer's prices. Yeah, Raise the cost. So, like, those are also great businesses to invest in over the next – Ten years of a of an of a raising interest rate climate. I don't know. You think you think he'll you think he'll raise the prices? Come on. You think Jeffy's going to take a pay cut? They already Amazon has very low margins. I think their final pro, their bottom line margins like three percent or something. So, what do they do? I know that's if, the only if, option. If, if, if they if they lose any more margin, they won't be profitable. That's the probably. only option, right? It's their only that's their only move, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what they're going to have to do. Well, then that's not that's not even that horrible because then. That that would that also helps out people that are competing with Amazon. That helps out small businesses and stuff. Exactly, which Amazon has slaughtered. Yeah. So okay, good, perfect. Exactly. It all okay. It <laughs> is. It That's needs good. to happen. It's See? a win-win situation if you think about it. Like Hypothetically, hopefully. Besides hopefully. for Bezos, but he already has half the country's Jeffy. money, so. That's fine. He doesn't. Need Jeffy just wants to go to space. And he's like, he's almost retired now too. He's yeah. not retired, but he he's not doing as much work as he was. God bless him and his wife. His wife. That's but. that's good. I, that's I'm, I'm I'm happy with the way that turns out. Then. Yeah, yeah. But great conversation here for the stock talk with Josh and Nico. We're gonna take a quick break to make sure the lights and the uh, bills are being paid here at uh, Jet TV. And we are back here for we episode 28 of Stock Talk. So we were talking about a little bit of, about Amazon. You know, Mr. Jeff Bezos, Mr. Jeff Bezos. But Nico, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, I would like to talk about uh, Andrew and Who fucks Andrew. Or Austin, yeah, and um, his thoughts on the the economy right now. Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, like I said, so we talked about the interest rates, like the real interest rate. My opinion, right? It, it's a lot more than the seven percent they're letting you believe it is. So, like, that's why I mentioned crypto, right? So it's all about just finding assets that make sense that will improve over the span of whatever your investment horizon is. Which for me, like I said, five to ten years. So. In terms of the overall economy, I don't see a lot of strength. I don't see a lot of health. I think the labor shortage is indicative of where people's mindset is at. Okay, see, now here, here's the thing I don't understand. How are if – if the people that don't want to work, how are they making money? How are That's they going to survive? I don't know. It's a great question. Who knows? But, like, look, so you're, you're a good example, right? Well, you're still in school, so I guess not. No, I'm Oh, you're not? I graduated in December. Okay. Well, are you going, are you hustling to grab one of these jobs that are I, now paying $18 an hour? I, no. Well, well here's, the, I know. You got I, a couple businesses you're getting started on your own, independent I, of that business structure. That, that's a good point, but I, st- I still am high. I'm still, I applied to tons of p- positions the last couple of weeks. What kind of jobs, though? Marketing jobs. Now, see, now marketing, that is one industry that is quite healthy right that's, now. Because I got my degree Digital. in marketing. It's all digital, which uh-huh. we're going to have a little chat about that after this. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I think – so, like, those industries are, are, are performing quite strong, in my opinion. I mean, 
because everything's online now. Brick and mortar is, in a sense, dead, and then it will be revived. I think it kind of is. There's like this weird hipster thing going on right now where people like almost want brick and mortar, even though it's it's a difficult. It's not needed. It's not needed. What, it's what do you think? What do you think? What do you think that's going to look like? What, what what would what would be the new brick and mortar locations? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I think it's all going to be like gentrified areas. It's going to be you know you're like if you look at Illinois, you look at like Orland Park, mm-hmm. right? I think that's going to maintain its strength and health because. Mm-hmm. A lot of suburbanites that want to still shop in person. A lot of them have moved online, but they still want the ob- ability to shop in to, person. Yeah, to see stuff in person. Right. right, and I think you'll see a lot of strength in Munster, Highland, Cherville, all those areas. I think they're going to continue to remain what they are, at least in the in the nicer business centers. Yeah, I've seen a lot of small scale shops close I down mean, in the little strip malls. Look at the mall in Maryville. That one's not doing good, like the Orland. The Orland Park no, Mall it's, is. No, it's not, and, uh, and that's a whole other thing. I don't know. I don't even know because then the mall gets sold, and there's like a shooting. I mean, that's. I think a lot of that has to do with it too. It's like people just don't feel safe going there after mm-hmm. there's a shooting. Like anytime there's major violence or crime. But I, that, I think that's that stuff happens at Orland Park it too. Probably. Though. Yeah. Probably, but just on the whole, I would say like you know, the median income is probably a bit higher at least than Maryville. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. And I think that that makes a major difference. And I think Orland does like a little bit job of like I don't know. It's like clean. It's, yeah. It looks nice. Right. It's all clean. brick. Yeah. They're probably, yeah. Yeah. It's cleaner. It's, it's just, it gives you the impression, right? It's like older. Uh, you see that in a lot of, like, a lot of the, like, look at the, the north suburbs in Chicago. Like, a lot of those neighborhoods do really, really well. It's like very well maintained. They're relatively clean for a city. Yeah. Right. And then you look at cities that have not done a great job. You look at San Francisco, Los Angeles. Oh. Especially with the homeless issue, right? Which is a whole different issue. It's like, you know, if you don't ever provide infrastructure for these people, they're never going to leave. And yeah. they're never going to. Lo- Los Angeles is really bad. It's difficult. I mean, man. all big cities yeah. really have that problem, though. But you don't see it as much in some of the more upscale Chicago neighborhoods mm-hmm. as you see in other cities, which mm-hmm. I think that's quite interesting. And I don't really know the answer as to why that is. Maybe it's climate or whatever. Or we put ridges on all our benches, which terrible but whatever mm-hmm. um but overall economy I, just, I don't see a lot of strength like everyone saying recession you got b of a saying recession you got goldman saying recession mm-hmm. jim kramer saying recession then he's like bull market then recession like <laughs> yeah, 15 minutes he goes right. five different directions <laughs> and uh you know no one really knows that's the thing is like so there's people that have traded through wartime right there's people that have traded through maybe not pandemic but zika virus they've mm-hmm. traded through illness that spread that was scary they've traded through events that are just as bad trade wars 911 but who has traded through war pandemic labor shortage you know emotional and mental health crisis yeah. humanitarian crisis like who's traded through all those at once right. no one yeah so in my opinion anyone that says this is what it is this is what's going to happen is full of shit mm-hmm. you can bleep that out that'll be a good one because i emphasize but yeah i think they're just <laughs> full of shit because no one knows like so we just have to speculate like warren buffett's people just released this little pr thing they're like be careful if you're doing speculative investing from the guy that said bitcoin is a scourge of the earth mm-hmm. and then buys a bank that transacts in a ton of cryptocurrency oh what a yeah, what a dick. Because he probably feels safer in the banks. I don't think he the crypto he stuff's the, too new. He likes a bank, right? But he finds a bank that has crypto exposure. Because the guy's smart. I mean, like him or not, obviously he's done something right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's the world is uh, – crypto's being more quickly adopted too. Like if you look at like the Russian crisis, right? And they're just worried like how do we freeze these assets, trap these assets? How do we get assets in and out? Like crypto's the only real answer there. Mm-hmm. And so like everyone's like rushing. I, I think it was Goldman. It was one of the major banks that was saying 
we see like so Peter Thiel went to that conference right and just he just shit on like uh, he shit on J.P. Morgan he shit on Warren mm. Buffett like just calling them out for being hypocrites. Mm. You said you hated it and now you're in it. Yeah, you know and, and they it, do that a lot though. They do that a lot. They do that with Tesla. That was the biggest one because I remember when I was buying the stock, they kept saying it over and over and over, and I was like, "Well, I sure hope yeah, I'm right." It's overvalued if you think it's a car company because yes. it's not. Right, it's not. It's a software and data company yeah. that happens to build cars, that happens to build solar, and that it's happens a, and to it's build an energy power. company. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm saying their core business that has value, in my my opinion at least, is so look at like look at electric vehicles, right? As they hit the roads more and more, like well, they're being adopted, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes more sense. Like we should evolve. That's mm-hmm. where we should be mm-hmm. if we can build it sustainably mm-hmm. and say we can. Who's already mapped the world? What do you mean? Who's already mapped the world? Like everyone's going to want autonomous driving. That's going to be like a key feature yes, and function right. of cars, right? And who's already been Tesla's, doing Tesla's it? Tesla's the best one to right. do it. It's Tesla. And they're Google. like the only ones. Google's mapped it, but Tesla's oh. mapped it from from the perspective of an, a self-driving car. Yeah. So how valuable is that data? Exactly. And no one's even close. So valuable. They have, I think they have 20 times more data than Google. They have like 6 billion miles of data. Google yeah. only has a couple hundred million. Yeah. They're, they're sending like petabytes of data back and forth every time right. your car's law. I don't know that process well, but I'm saying every time your car's parked and charged or whatever the process is, they're mm-hmm. shipping that data back, right? And so yeah. you look at all these other manufacturers, they start to build EV. Like it's way cheap. It will be cheaper for them if they have the infrastructure to build cars to simply license and mm-hmm. borrow and pay for the data mm-hmm. rather than they're going to start from scratch? Mm-hmm. No, they're going to license the data. Mm-hmm. Genius. I mean, I would like to, I, I mean, I hope that Tesla is the, you know, they remain the main people in this industry. But you know how they always say, like, the person who starts, that, that's the innovative one that starts out the, the process is never the one who actually wins at it? Mm. They, they say that a lot of times for different industries. Amazon. Innovative digital business. They kind of they, they, they Google. Kinda, they kind of they did kind of were one of the first ones. He had a dream, and he made like the impressive. He just wanted That's to catalog true. the internet. So, so what, what about Apple? They kind of they revolutionized a lot of stuff. Yeah, they, 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 and they, they became won. a payment processing company. They're yeah. it's genius. Okay, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> Steve, man, he built the lifestyle bridge. Genius. Yeah, that guy was a genius, a literal genius. Without the Waz, though, he's nothing. You mm-hmm. need that practical hand that can put things, implement things, and make them real. But Mm-hmm. I think as long as like the, I think I don't see those companies going anywhere. I don't see Netflix going anywhere uh, because of their production has been astounding. Like they they have become a production giant, mm-hmm. which is it's wonderful. getting better. Yeah, and that's what really matters because yeah. you need your own stuff. That's what I'm saying. Is like when you go to the like you know the Oscars, whatever. And it's like Netflix, Netflix, yeah. Netflix. They're getting yeah. all the big names, right? So like they became the content producer. Now they have the distribution. They're they're in. Apple, same thing. Amazon, like, I think the race right now between, like, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google is who can function as the main, who can basically buy out most of the market share in terms of streaming and digital distribution. Yeah. Because look at it, they're all fighting for the same people. See, well, that that's the big difference is where Netflix was two or three years ago, they had a much bigger market share than where it is now. It's so much more competitive now with all these, the, those big companies actually have streaming services available. So I think Netflix has it a lot tougher, and that's why... The, that's why they just said they're they're not growing as fast as they were, and that's why they have to raise prices. I so, think eventually, Amazon buys Netflix. Really? Eventually, you think so? it makes sense. It just makes sense. I could see a merger, an acquisition, something of that sort. And maybe it's not Amazon. Amazon makes the most sense, I think, because then you can also like it would be smart because like why aren't they merchandising these Netflix things? 
Mm-hmm. If they're merchandising them, you already have Amazon's distribution and production. Yeah. That, to me, like that makes the most sense. I think Netflix might be too big. They might be too big. They might but, be too but, big. but nevertheless, I, I could see it happening. I see something like that happening. But yeah. you know, that, that will also help them out because say this. Um, say if we do Netflix versus HBO. Thinking mm-hmm. of all the stuff that HBO has, like the catalog and the content mm-hmm. they have, they probably will need like a little bit more help, maybe from my Amazon, which has James Bond, which is about the Paramount. Is it Paramount? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paramount all Pictures. that stuff. So maybe if that works out, but I could see Amazon yeah. and HBO, maybe, maybe a smaller company, but Netflix and Amazon, that would be such a well, huge. Well, well, we got to think about this. A- HBO is really um, Warner Brothers. Yeah, well, Warner Brothers okay. has just about everything. Yeah, like DC. Um, and they have a whole bunch of stuff. Like Warner Brothers and Disney are probably the two biggest um, companies, entertainment companies like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so my so Disney, that's an interesting one. I think they've shown the most. I don't. They've just done a great job. Mm-hmm. Like I think the way that they've busted into streaming is it's it's unbelievable. The acquisition of the Marvel series and Star Wars, like that's that was that was brilliant yeah. business. Right. That was smart. Yeah, because they they've really never stopped innovating. They keep they keep. Uh, adapting exactly and uh, you know you look at the price of disney world and again don't quote my fact check but i believe since the 70s it's gone up like 1800 percent. oh really yeah and they're they're like real cost has only gone down due to economies of scale so it's like <laughs> do i agree with it no but from an investing standpoint does it make sense yes yeah i think and as they grow and and and, and just continue to earn more like that's the thing is the name look at the name itself mm-hmm. you know it when you're born mm-hmm. whether you like it or not it's a staple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Disney gets us as we're young, you know, all the different movies. And when we get old, like, hey, I want to go to Disney World. Then go to Disney World. Then, oh, I kind of like the Marvel and Star Wars stuff now, too. That's still Disney. So yep. they kind of got a hold on you since, you know, yeah. like you were saying, the day you were born. And yeah. you keep growing up as you as you age, as you're like maybe you're thinking a little bit of content, content that you like. That grows a little bit more. Disney's still going to be yeah. there with you. So, they yeah. kept my business because they got John Favreau to do The Mandalorian. Yeah phenomenally produced show it was great it was mm-hmm. one of the better like limited series i've seen probably ever in my opinion i also mm-hmm. really like sci-fi so it's maybe i'm the target demo but i'm saying nevertheless i think they did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. it's like so they like he I, said and i watch it with my kid that's my point is like look at how well they integrate the family yeah into it which is genius right so i think they're going to continue to perform well i think like that's a buy the dip kind of company that mm-hmm. you just continue to acquire and just just mm-hmm. sit and wait right all right, three top stocks. What are your favorite three to look at for the next next year? For the next year or two, oh, or at least man, one. That's tough. At least um, one. It's a company you just really like. Really gets you going. Wow. Okay. Gets you going in the morning. Oh, wake up and you just man. go. Oh yeah. I'd have to really go through <laughs> mine. Um, I, I think I got one real quick. Wasn't well, I really one? But I think all of like the traveling okay. companies. I kind of want to see how making they, a comeback. Yeah, things like that. I think maybe with COVID, even with the pilot strikes. More. Yeah, what? I, I, he just mentioned. I'm gonna say I, I could say okay. I I would say um, I would say Teladoc Health. I would say Block, and I would say maybe Shopify. You love Shopify. I would I would say those <laughs> are three strong Shopify. ones, and they're all at they're all at cheap valuations now. So oh, I think yeah. those are all innovative, all fast growing, and all at good valuations. Teladoc. Right that's so a, that's a winner right there. I've been yeah. that just sitting and waiting since fifty bucks. Yeah, saw it years ago and it came and it went uh-huh. right back down to where she started. Yeah, but but again a good buy nevertheless. Like 
Their contracts with Optum are phenomenal. Whoever's the first in telehealth to adopt the Medicare, mm-hmm. I think that's who's going to win. Uh, they're they're partnered with Teladoc. I think they're part, they're partnered with Amazon, and I think they're partnered with Walmart too. Yeah, and I, they have the most customers than any other telehealth company. So. I mean, uh, the Lavongo acquisition and that Livongo. was everything. Yeah, that's the other thing. Lavongo they bought out. They bought out a couple of years ago for seven. I think multi billion dollars, sixteen or seventeen billion dollars. The the, the 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 whole company is trading less than that right now. It's trading at like a twelve billion dollar yeah. valuation. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just that's a no brainer. Yeah, it's a no brainer buy. Well, I yeah, it's, it's like a play for the future, kind of like with um, with more people having phones now. You're gonna see older people having phones. Like maybe yeah. five years ago, you're gonna see someone like a. Someone older than seventy five with a flip phone or something like that. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. they have iPhone twelve thirteens now. So yeah. they mm-hmm. need that. And Corona has pushed adoption of digital services yep. probably yep. five, ten years in advance. Mm-hmm. So like people that wouldn't have traditionally like I'm not doing that, they might do it now. Right. And the fear of COVID is gonna be one of those factors. So I think that's uh And that's, and think about one of the biggest uh things that people don't like don't won't go to the doctor for is just because it's you know it's a long process it's not it's fun a going hassle. it's a hassle and that the the telehealth thing eliminates so much of that hassle that there's always going to be there's yeah. always going to be a, gr- a growing cons- uh, consumer base for a service like that yeah we move more towards convenience every day yeah if you could just sit at home and wait for your appointment plot twist they call you mm-hmm. and you just do what <laughs> you want to do until they say hey we're ready for you and they yeah. call you in the convenience of your own home. Yeah. That's where I'm that's what I'm going to do. You know, right. short of things that are going to require but I think as well over the next maybe 10 years, like I think that everyone's going to have some sort of testing kit like on hand. I think it's something like when you subscribe to one of these services that you're going to be given mm-hmm. and it's like so hey, I think I have uh, strep throat, right? They jam that thing back in your throat. It's terrible. I think they're going to do self-administration of a lot of that stuff. Yeah. They, I don't think they do happen. something like that where there, there's a company that will send you a box I'm sure. to test stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's that's the way. And if these digital providers can get on top of that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's – and then the thing is, too, is they'll just pass the cost on the consumer through the yeah. insurance, right? So it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the same thing with the with Shopify, too. Shopify is – big value they provide is that they're convenient. They're, it's, they're super convenient and they're super uh, – they you know they give a regular person a, a easy chance to to start their own business. Yeah, they'll grow with e-commerce. They'll just grow with the general market. They'll mm-hmm. continue to grow because they're fixed. They're fixed in the. I just uh, no one's going to beat them. No one's going to take much from them. Yeah. So I mean, they're well positioned. Like all of those e-commerce brands, I think are going to do really well. Either they're going to get bought or they're going to thrive. It's one of the two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that that's that's good. But I agree with pretty much all those. Like any digitally scaling business that like yeah, I guess supports like an online storefront is just going to be probably a smart buy. Mm-hmm. Just uh, ten years over the next ten years, we're looking mm-hmm. longevity here. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think another interesting space for the next twelve months will be will be uh, like fintech and com- the companies oh, that yeah. are. We're kind of replacing banks or replacing where you can get loans and stuff like SoFi, stuff like Upstart, stuff like Block and Cash App. I think I think that's going to be an interesting space to see how fast they can grow and and how they compete with the banks and you know what. what Do they you can see offer. like a bank like Chaser or whatever like buying one of those companies? Absolutely, all? that's all they're doing. Absolutely. That's all they're doing right now. Like I, a friend of mine, I can't. I don't think I can say what bank he works for, but nevertheless, he works for like a rather large bank, right? Where his whole job is scouting acquisition candidates, mm. and they're just buying them left and right. Like so, locally here, right? First Midwest just got acquired. Oh, they did. Yeah, they just got acquired. You don't really hear nothing about it though. I'm, I didn't like, know that. All, a lot of these banks in this area are just being acquired, like slowly eaten up. Cause By it's all who? Ba- different banks. By like big banks? So it's like out here, in my opinion, I think it's like mid-sized banks buying small. 
So, so not like, like Wells Fargo or anything? No, I don't think so. Well, I mean, Wells Fargo has a location in Maryville, though. Oh, maybe. I mean, so it's possible. I just, I, there are banks that I hadn't really heard of. Like, from what I've learned from, you know, like my wife used to work there, and from what she told me, it's just like another mid size, like a step up. Like, there's mm. tier one of banks and tier two and tier three. They're like a tier two bank, but in tier one. I see. So, like, the whole thing is like, this is all a battle for the customer. Like, I got offered an exorbitant m- amount of money for one of my businesses because I have a huge customer base of mm-hmm. just retail investors that are going to utilize banking services, investing services, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They offered us a ridiculous ridiculous premium that like hmm. in my opinion the business was worth but i also didn't want to sell it but um because they want the customers mm-hmm. it's far cheaper for them to acquire an entire business than it is to sit there and fight with jp morgan for the customers if they're a smaller bank mm-hmm. and Very that's true. what they're doing yeah right it's amazing but they're buying like financial publications that's a big business to be in banks are buying those left and right uh credit card providers are buying those left and right so like it's, See, it's I think insane. the other interesting thing is going to see how do not only will banks want a, a piece of those companies, but they're also going to want a piece of the crypto side of things. I think that'll be interesting, too, mm-hmm. to see how are they going to compete? How is Chase going to compete with stuff, you know, the crypto side of things? So are they going to start their own? Are they going to buy one out or, you know? Well, I think that kind of goes in hand in hand, like as we as the years go by, how is Bitcoin? I'm not even Bitcoin, but cryptocurrency as a whole. How is that going to measure up with the regular dollar american dollar u.s dollar right. things like that so i think it's that's kind of form i think that's kind of going to go long as we keep on going mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but i think that is all for today yeah so. oh awesome real quick you asked us about our three stocks or whatever what what's some stocks you've been looking up to yeah. you think that's going to oh. go up um well teledoc that's always been a big one that's one of my uh it's one of the companies i really really like Oh, man, this is a tough, tough question. That's a good one. I'm trying to think of do which you, ones. Do I you have an opinion on Palantir? See, I've been I've been an investor. I like the company overall. It makes sense in every sense of the word, government, contract. Everything about it makes sense, but the, the market isn't reflecting the price. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal cash balance. Ridiculous cash balance. Mm-hmm. So to me, it makes sense. It's a buy hold, especially if it's, you know, 15, sub 15. Yes, right? Because mm-hmm. we bought it, at least in my group, right, we bought it like – Post IPO maybe nine ninety ten bucks okay. went to what sixty, right? Oh right, so for, a, good trade. for a short time. It's a good yeah. trade. So I sold most of it then, and I started buying back around twelve thirteen bucks when it did back down, and that mm-hmm. goes back up and comes back down. I think that's a long term buy on uh, EV space, speculative. But I I do like Lucid. I think that they okay. have, they have a good. They, 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 they have a good, like, I look more so at stuff like that. At, like, what's the community surrounding the brand? Number mm-hmm. one, can they afford the product? Because mm-hmm. if they can, like, that can sustain a business. Um, but more importantly, like, how much reach do they have? Because, like, with a lot of these brands online, really, it's just who can you reach, how many can you reach, and how fervent are they about your brand? Mm-hmm. I think if you've built the audience, like, I think the whole future of marketing is can you build an audience? If you can build a community around your brand, you will thrive and succeed. Yeah. Like, Wendy's true. just created a Discord. Why? Wendy's? Yeah, Wendy's. But that's smart. They've <laughs> they've built their own funnel. They don't yeah. why would I pay the newspaper all this money to advertise to you when I can just get you to come into this free asset that I'm yeah. gonna hold myself, pay a couple people to moderate it, give some promos, coupons, get some chatting going on. You're gonna the, the, stay the problem there. is the problem is why 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 would people want to be? There? I don't know. That's that's a good question. But people do. People who love coupons and deals, like I I know some people like that. They'll do anything for a little bit of a discount, a little bit of a coupon. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. And so if it's like, hey, I got to join this for 15 minutes and check it, they'll deal with the inconvenience for the deals. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and plus, we're humans too. We like a sense of belonging. We like to be we in do. Like, groups, things like that. I so, guess. Yeah. We need a sense of belonging, even if it's 
with other Wendy's customers. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> but you know, whatever, man. Like, say, I don't know. It's it's crazy what you can do. Like one one thing we built out that I really liked is like we built out um, like we have like a military community within our community. Like I wouldn't have thought of that, but like we had a couple military guys like, hey, would you mind if we kind of open this up? We're mil- they, they know each other. They know the struggle. They've all been fought overseas. Like it's a it's a thing I don't understand because I didn't do it right. But they understand it, and they've like, kind of built their own like sub community, which is awesome mm-hmm. within our community. And a lot of them are uh, either like. Um, were wounded and disabled or they're just like sitting and waiting for deployment or whatever. So they got a lot of downtime. So they like having that like community to engage with. So mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah. You never know, man. I don't know. But yeah, I think uh Teladoc's a great one. I think I, I, I also agree. I like Shopify. Palantir's that one's dicey. I don't know. It's just the market's not reflecting what it should. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, I mean, I don't, I uh, like, I think finance is it just good that like, I'll keep buying financial names over the next, you know, year or two, like in a rising interest rate environment, like banks make their money on the spread, right? So like as interest rates rise and they can, they can raise the spread on those loans, they're going to make more money. And I think they're thus a good buy in that sense. Uh-huh. Um, so those are the ones I'll be buying. And then, like I said, consumer defensive without short-term labor restrictions. The ones so, that have pricing power, the ones that can, who can pass the, yeah, who can pass yeah. the burden down to the consumer, which yeah. is terrible, but like. For investing, it's important. Though. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But that was a great conversation we had for this episode. But Austin, we want to say thank you, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule thank to join you. us on the Stock Talk. But Nico, you got anything to add before we go? No, that's it. I'm really happy Austin came on today, and uh, yeah. Until next time. Happy birthday. Until happy ne- until next time. Birthday. Hopefully, we have some greener days. The next couple of weeks, but we'll see. I mean, the market. Hopefully, the market doesn't go down forever. It shouldn't, right? <laughs> Never has. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been thinking about lately. Can you have a recession with the, and and have the stock market avoid going down? Well, it's, if, if it's, it's already disjointed went from the economy, technically, it's like, kind of, there's like a delay-looking tool. Yeah. So, but wouldn't that be like a progression? I don't know, but 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 I mean, it, it, the market's already went down for the last six months. So if we have a recession now, what is, is it going to go down another thirty, twenty, thirty percent or something? I don't know if that's realistic. Uh, I, I don't know. 20 percent? Huh? I could see fifteen twenty. You think so? I could see it. I don't think so, but I could see it. Even though we already had tw- we had twenty two percent. Yeah, but how much did it go up? Hundreds. That's the thing. We're just injecting fake money into the economy. Right. Like well, that's going to keep a new standard. Though. Now we have a new now, standard. Now, yes. Now, that's the question is, will it? But I think if you look at, like, true cost of inflation, like, how much is it real up? Like, that's why I try to calculate like a real cost basis. Because mm-hmm. if you consider that money is 20% less valuable, right, or whatever your rate is, yes. take that and look at, the, like, the and S&P. we added, like, $5 trillion. So look at the S&P and then calculate that price. The way, and then you have a real but, okay, basis. But here's the thing. When you add that money into the, the, money into the system – doesn't that want it actually add more value to the market? Because I think it's yeah, they did company buybacks. Like those companies didn't inherently become more valuable because they simultaneously had record profitability, slashed operating budgets, mm-hmm. and then also were able to buy back a ton of their stock. Yeah. Right, so they were able to own more, make more, spend less. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, yep. Well, yes, this concludes this episode of Stock Talk with Josh and Nico. So. Y'all have a good one now. Once again, my name is Josh. Joins me today by my calls, Nico. Criticos. Happy birthday, my big guy. Thanks. But um, once again, y'all have a good one now. Be safe, and see y'all later. Bye-bye.